understand a fucking word that kid said i'm guessing uh, that he is the guitar portion of his rock band yeah that's what i was thinking too <laughs> not not everyone's lead singer now uh, you know unfortunately we do not know the author of this week's theme song but the name of the theme is moshing in a minivan cool clever title hello and welcome to the drunk tank the rooster teeth podcast <laughs> i am jeff ramsey and i am alicia pratt God, you're never going to stop with that, are you? Who is, who is Alicia Pratt? I don't know who that is. I'll have to look it up. Do you know? <laughs> no, I just know the name Alicia Pratt. Great. So, uh, Bernie, this week we are without the uh, witty insight of everyone's favorite uh, minority, Gus Sarola. He is out of town in Miami. Not Miami, I'm sorry, Orlando. Florida's all the same. Doing some sort of a commercial shoot for us, I think. And uh, so, it's just me and you this week, buddy. Did you figure out who Alicia Pratt was? <laughs> yeah, it might be like a personal friend from back in the day. But I'm her. You know, it's important. I mean, a lot of women have trouble making a place for themselves online. I just want to try to help out that process as much. Yeah, as it's really hard for a woman to stand out on the internet. I think. <laughs> you know, you watched uh, you watched Hot for Words today, didn't you? I for the first time ever. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. <laughs> I did watch it like eighteen times. Matt just Amy said, "This is bad timing for the podcast. We have a conference call in twenty five minutes. We have a conference call. Who's a? <laughs> Who knows." <laughs> have you ever been on a conference call ever where anything happened? No, never. I mean, every conference call I've ever been on is like, I think it works like this. You call in, takes 10 minutes to call in. Even though you can normally just call anybody on the phone instantaneously or message them or email them, conference calls take about 10 minutes to set up. Yes. Somebody's always late. Yes. So then you do like, so we'll wait for this person. They're late. Okay, let's try doing just random banter. Oh, that's the worst. Where are you guys from? Oh, how's the weather in Austin? Yeah. I heard about Stevie Ray Vaughan, you know, <laughs> random bullshit like that. And then the person who's late will eventually show up after you've already started, and then you have to go back and kind of rehash for that person. By now, you're about half an hour into the conference call. It's super awkward. And then something comes up on the conference call. Somebody brings up a point, usually some jackass who wasn't even invited. That derails the conference call. You spend a lot of time talking about something that's irrelevant, and then you all decide to leave the conference call to investigate this issue that came up. And nothing gets done on a conference call. Right, and then you work it all out in email. That's also every meeting ever, in person, no matter what. That's how meetings work. Yeah, pretty much. I'm and still trying to find out who Alicia Pratt is. <laughs> Lucky, good luck. So what's going on? You're working on, I saw you working on Ghostbusters again. I'm, I'm almost week. done. My goal today is to finish uh, capturing for all my Ghostbusters videos, and then I can just release them over the next few days. Good game. You know, not, uh, not going to win any awards, I don't think, but a fun game, great voice acting. The pretty well written. Apparently a lot better written than Year One. So year One what? The movie Year One, which was a Harold Ramis movie. Harold Ramis wrote the... Oh, oh I see. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm making a connection here. Harold <laughs> Ramis wrote the Ghostbusters video game, and he wrote and directed Year One, the uh, Jack Black, uh, Michael Cera movie. You know, it's really weird, because you said Year One, I immediately thought of a Batman thing. Isn't there a Batman Year One thing? Yeah, that's that's what I think of, too, huh. typically. Actually, it's weird they can name movies like that, but stuff that's almost oddly confusing. You know, it's interesting. I uh, I was looking through my Netflix queue, like or like Netflix streaming the other night, looking for new movies to add to it. And there's a movie called Slackers, and uh, not Slacker, not Slacker, Slackers. Yeah. I, I haven't watched it yet, but uh, it doesn't look very good. But it I would was imagine not. Really confusing for me because I was looking at the cover, going, I don't. None of these guys look like Rory Cochran, you know, or whatever. And I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Likewise, when I was in my Netflix catalog the other day, I found Transmorphers, and it was a big robot like. Standing over a bunch of vehicles and bashing the vehicles. I always wonder, at what point in your career do you decide, I'm just, I'm totally comfortable doing the knockoff? And not even like a parody, but I'm really just doing, there's something popular in the world, I'm just going to do another version of it that I know is shittier, but I'm just going to try to confuse people into watching my thing. 
Absolutely, yeah. I don't. I, do you wonder if, like, yeah, is there a point in that director's career where he's like, "Fuck," or the, or the writer, you know, yeah. or you know, even the actors? I mean, they cast these people that bring him in and say, "I'm going to read for Transmorphers this weekend." Do they kind of convince themselves in their head that this is people like Transformers, and I'm just doing something else in the robot transformation <laughs> genre? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's a big thing now. I don't know. It's it's pretty lame. It's pretty. I mean, we see all those movies now, like. The scary movie, which then turned into the high school movie, which turned into the epic movie. And, and that seems to be like a theme for those guys. That seems like it's on a different level to me. Yeah. Than these things that are just like straight to video hits that are just trying to latch on like a sucker fish. More than that, like, I wonder, I think about this a lot with Tobe Hooper specifically. Whoa. Uh, who I, I loved as a kid because he did Texas Chainsaw Massacre and he did Poltergeist and he did Invaders from Mars, which I thought was a great movie until I saw it as an adult. And he but, dated Alicia Pratt. And he dated Alicia Pratt. He, uh, I wonder, like, I looked him up not too long ago on uh, IMDb and he was doing, he's doing straight to video horror movies now. And I wonder how, what it's like to go from a movie, making movies like Poltergeist, which are huge, huge films produced by Steven Spielberg, to doing, like, direct to video, like, I think he did, uh, a Piranha sequel, like Piranha 3 or something. Do you want to know that the girl uh, a girl that I went to high school with was the lead in the original Piranha? Oh, really? She was Susie Grogan. Susie Grogan. They filmed that in, uh, right down the road in San Marcos, yep. actually, I think. Down in Aquarina Springs. Yeah. Which was about freshwater Piranha. How scary is that? <laughs> That's pretty fucking scary. I guess so. I was, I was swimming in the lake this weekend, and, uh, you know, the lake here in Austin is about 80 feet deep to 120 feet deep. Yeah. But pretty much all over the place. Like, there's no, like, gradual... It's all cliffside, and there's one part of it that's shore, but then it's pretty much a straight drop, and that's kind of a creepy feeling, oh, knowing yeah, you're dude. over 80 feet of water. 80 feet of freshwater piranha, potentially. Yeah. Even the ocean's not like that, really. No. I mean, you ever you been in the ocean much at all? A ton, dude. I've lived on the ocean most of my life. Oh, okay. So you can go out, like, you know, half a mile, and you're still over the shelf, and you're, like, maybe 50 feet deep, and then it drops off to seven miles deep, but, Yeah. you know, the, the idea that the ocean is, like, you go out, you know, a few hundred feet, and you're over, like... 200 feet of water. It's just not the case. Suddenly you're above the Cloverfield monster. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> shit. There was some creepy-ass thing on it. Did I derail your story? Do you want to... I was going to go somewhere, with it, but I don't remember now. I was trying to, in my head, try to get back to it, and I can't figure it out, so... Well, did Please. you see the YouTube video of the sewer pipe where they found these creepy, like, alien-looking things? No. Okay, here. I'm going to... We'll talk about something else, and next time we get off on a different tangent, I'm going to load that up, and we'll put it in the link up so people can, like, load it up as well and listen to Jeff react to how horrible these things are. <laughs> they basically good. put a sewer pipe down a, or they put a camera down a sewer pipe and just discovered something a bit odd down there. A bit odd. That's I think that's really the only way you can put it. It was just this freakish like blobish kind of thing. And you never know these days when you see stuff like this if it's a viral marketing piece or if it's legitimate weird thing. I don't know. I have a skepticism now for just anything new in the world that it's got to be a product of capitalism in some way. <laughs> you know, that's going to be some kind of marketing piece. Speaking of capitalism, did you see uh, the success of Transformers over the five-day weekend? I did. Fucking, I did. It made $201.5 like, million in the first five days. Kind of depends on how you gauge success, because monetarily it did very well, but man, did it get brutalized in the reviews. Yeah, but who cares? It did well. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. Well, there was some... There was one of the producers, I think for Transformers was Don Murphy, but Don Murphy, whether or not he produced Transformers, was sure on a tear being an asshole about some of the reviews, particularly some of the online reviews. And he was talking about pulling ads from websites. And we all knew this movie was going to make millions and millions and millions of dollars. Why is this guy going out of his way basically saying we're only going to put our ads on things that give us good reviews? You know, just weather it. You know, weather some guy on the internet saying that your movie sucks when you're making two hundred million dollars in five days. Yeah, it's like it's not like it's not like he he couldn't have thought that Transformers Two was like Citizen Kane. You know, he couldn't have expected it to be this extremely. You know, it's a fucking mo movie about robots fighting. You know, it makes me wonder too. When I think of big time American directors, Michael Bay's on my list. Absolutely, I think probably the best like in the action genre or the you know the big blockbuster genre. James Cameron is actually, even though he hasn't made a big blockbuster movie in a long time now, he's making those 3D fish movies. He's, a, he's about to, though. Avatar's going to be huge. Right. He'll come back with Avatar, which supposedly is going to be just enormous and change the way you look at movies. Have you heard that yet? <laughs> you always hear that, don't you? Well, no, this one is people come out of the reviews and they say, I, I know I've been to movies before, but I feel like I just saw movies for the first time. 
come on. Okay, now look. I'm going to hand you this laptop. Okay, and I just And react. it's going to be playing this video. And this is in a sewer pipe. And this is this what... Is in a sewer pipe where? Cameron Village, North Carolina. It's in America. Fuck. It's in America. Okay. I don't want to see this. This is going to suck. Okay. I have very little battery life. Let's just play that and see if you can figure out what it is. And does anybody know what this is? Uh, no, nobody knows what it is. People have theories, but you can talk about this. Describe what you're seeing. I'm, um, I'm, oh my god. Hey, Matt, do you want to sit down and I'm watch Matt like watch a, Jeff watch a video? I'm seeing what looks like ectoplasm. I or, did. Oh, uh, it's like somebody, it's like a human, oh. It, uh, it's like the inside of something. Yep. It's like some kind of like bulbous like mass. It's inside a sewer pipe that seems to be alive, fucking, right? It's yeah, it's totally alive. Oh. It's like the blob. Is it going to do anything? Or is it just? It doesn't nope. attack, does it? Dude, if it nope. attacks, it just sits there and looks creepy. Hey, Matt, do you want to jump on that mic? Oh fuck! How do you? That's got to be a colonoscopy, right? You think so? Did I pronounce it right? Colonoscopy. Oh, gross, dude! Can you? How? Ugh. So, Matt, we have a conference call coming up here. We do, and it's going to cut this. Uh, <gasps> There's more of them. Podcast short, so we'll have to stop. And everybody can wait with us. We'll have a conference call. Then uh, we'll come back to the podcast. Dude, we can like, listen into the conference call. It looks like a console. Have you ever been on a conference call, Matt, where anything has ever happened? Ever? I'm going to say no. Oh. That's really not what conference calls are about. Conference calls are about delaying the inevitable, which is you have to work at some point. But nobody wants to do that. And nobody wants to be delegated and assigned all their responsibilities. So they have a conference call. To talk about who's going to be assigned stuff and who's going to be delegated to without actually doing the delegating or assigning. Because that wouldn't happen in a big, you know, virtual room full of people. Is this is this viral marketing for a, for a, like a Tom Savini movie or something? No clue. Are you still damn. watching the colonoscopy? God he damn is. it, dude. It's uh, – Jeff is going to be a doctor by the time he's – It's reacting the to the light. Where does this go? <laughs> Proctologist Jeff. How big is this pipe? Is it a tiny pipe or is it a big like walk-through pipe? They it's a sewer pipe, which would be a walk-through. Oh, fuck that, dude. So here's how a perfect conference call would work for me. Okay. Everyone gets on the conference call. Everyone dials in somehow magically and gets in when the conference call is supposed to begin. They have services for that. What? <laughs> the calling in? <laughs> the dialing in part. Yeah, but still nobody does it right. How long does it take on average to get a conference call going? Even though you're scheduled. Oh, at least 10 minutes, right? Right. That's exactly what Bernie said. Oh, dude, I wish I hadn't seen that. Perfect conference call though. to me is everyone gets on the conference call, and, and all anyone does is says their name yep. and says their email address, and then yep. everybody hangs, hangs up. up. <laughs> that would be good. Or they could just go on, on chat, you know, and just do it, you know, have an aim chat real quick and be done with it. I find, though, that now on chat, I used to like chat better because people would have to really think about what they were going to say. And they would be succinct instead of like on a phone call when they start yapping about the weather and just like, how are you? And, you know, being cordial, that kind of stuff that I hate. Uh, but now on chat, people just do that anyway. Well, fine. they do. But you know what's good about chat is that they have that character limit. And at first I hated that. But then I thought, oh, I'm just talking too much. You know, mm -hmm. it's, the, it's the Twitterizing of the world. You know, everybody's got to get, get in within 148 characters. That what it is 144. 140. 140. Gosh, it's less than I thought. i got to shut up right now. <laughs> I'm not going to make this into a Twitter post. The other thing, too, about uh, about conference calls that I can't stand is these new systems they have where you announce yourself when you call in. I like that because it's like when you go to order a, a burger at Fuddruckers and you can say anything, you know? It's like, oh, I'm uh, this is Elvis, you know? And so they call it Elvis, and you're like, oh, Elvis is here getting a, a Fuddruckers hamburger. <laughs> See how we, they always tell you, say your name followed by the pound sign. <laughs> So I, when I over I enter conference call, it says this. Now entering the conference call, Bernie Burns pound sign. You know, I did that on our first ever conference call with Microsoft. Did you really? Yeah. Nobody ever gets the joke. No, they never. <laughs> they do. don't. They don't. They either Jeff, just, or maybe maybe we're not the only two people that make that joke. They Jeff silently is, think you're an idiot. Jeff yeah. is not the best person at public speaking, and I think that actually qualifies for as public speaking because <laughs> a lot the, all of the a lot of people hear it later. What are you trying to say? I'm saying you've had a few slip-ups oh. when, when addressing people on a microphone that may or may not have been on when you thought it, thought it was on. You, you can what, would you, what would you say is, was his worst one? My George Bush doesn't like black people joke <laughs> when we got our Machinima Award. We but it wasn't my fault. The this was right out. after the whole Kanye West, Katrina. Mike Myers, Katrina, Kanye West saying George Bush doesn't like black people in the middle of that. Was it? A, it was a Katrina like benefit show, right? It was. It was with Telethon, and, and Kanye West was presenting with Mike Myers – and for whatever reason, Kanye West decided to derail their presentation. And Mike Myers is saying, the people of, of New Orleans have been devastated by this tragic national natural disaster. And then Kanye West just barges in and says, 
George Bush does not care about black people. <laughs> and Mike, Mike Myers turned white for a Canadian. You yeah. Know? Just... It, it was like he became translucent for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> like that thing in the sewer. And uh, it was horrible. And so Jeff, when we won an award... Yeah, I went up and I... Uh, like Ma- film I think Gus said something and Matt said something and maybe Joel or someone else did. And then it was my turn to get up. So I just said the joke. But the fucking mic cut out. So all people heard were black people. <laughs> It cut on it in like the middle this, of Jeff talking. This crazy guy with a bunch of tattoos got up in front of everybody just to yell black people for no reason. <laughs> and then, and it, this is like was, a nice place and everybody's like having drinks. It was some fancy chill. bar in New York, yeah. And then I, it was a long walk through that crowd to get to the bar where the bartender was black. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to go up and order a vodka tonic. I don't give a fuck, though. You really needed that vodka tonic after that, too. I don't get embarrassed, so it was not a problem. You don't me. get embarrassed, and that no. becomes a problem for us. Life's too short. Yeah, not for other people. <laughs> other people's lives are just the right amount of time. You're there fucking it up. Right. <laughs> Matt, my, my, Matt's attacking his microphone. Okay, what else is coming out for movies very soon? Uh, Harry Potter will, and Half-Blood Prince will be out July 15th. You got your tickets already? We got tickets. Where are you guys going to see it? Um, somewhere in America. I don't know. Wherever my wife picked. We're not going. I don't think we're going to the Alamo. I'm going to go see it. We're not going to the IMAX because the IMAX is not showing the Harry Potter IMAX 3D version until two weeks like after. August or yeah, something. I mean it's like it's ridiculous how long they're waiting. Harry Potter's showing. in 3D. Mm-hmm. It's going to be 3D IMAX, and they're not showing it. Uh, they're not. It's not launching on IMAX with the traditional theater because of Transformers: Rise of the Fallen. You can't go though. You're an Me, unbeliever. I'm not a big Harry Potter fan. No I, muggles allowed. It never. It, Jeff and Matt are. You couldn't ask for a more perfect Harry Potter <laughs> podcast group because these <laughs> Harry two are, high five. They, they, what is it with you guys? How Dude, you, read the fucking book and you'll see. It's the best thing ever. I've seen... Matt is like, this, that's like doing construction. construction. <laughs> yeah. He's pulling out power strips, knocking over Working. microphones. <laughs> He's getting ready for the conference call. This is all the preparation to have a conference call where it's like, hi, this is this is us, this is you, and we all want to work together. Great. And now we'll go no, away. No, they don't want to work with us. I'll send you an email summarizing this. <laughs> conference call this is what you do when you work in a real company you like this must be like an island in the middle of the day where it's they want to get out of work so they go to meetings at least this is better man when i worked at warner brothers we actually had on the board like schedules for this one boardroom for for everybody's conference calls during the day because there were so many conference calls that you had to sign up for like i need the boardroom at this time today because we're gonna have a conference call what every single day what movie was that you were working on scooby-doo Scooby-Doo required that many fucking conference calls? Because we were working with uh, like three or four other visual effects houses, and every day there was some department that needed some kind of asset or one whatever. And it couldn't just be, you know, like we talked about, like, send the file to me. Great, thanks. It was had to be like, let's talk about how you send this file to me. Wow. Can it's... we just send it, you know, FTP or digitally or like we're normal people with computers that have done this a hundred times before on this project. Right. Nope, we got to talk about it. It's crazy. Like, even in the digital age where you you wouldn't think that anything would need to be in person or physical, how many times are we FedExing hard drives with files on them? Or tapes. Like, we have to convert stuff from digital format down to, like, digital beta. Yeah. And send that out. It's crazy. It's kind of crazy. Can I ask you a question? No. Because I've always acted like I've known, but I don't know. What the hell is digibeta? It's a tape. It's a digital tape. I think the only difference between beta and digibeta, and I'm not even sure about this, is that you can separate the uh, component streams. What does that mean? You know, when you have the component, the three... I'm not asking for you, I'm asking for the audience. Yeah. Oh, the three <laughs> yeah, signals right. that's red, green, and blue, you know, that are separate, separate mm-hmm. colors. Like yeah. when you have your... Uh, and yellow. Xbox, if you have the with the, with the three <laughs> and you plug them in, right? Uh, they, I think it keeps those, like, preserves those on the tape separately as opposed to... A regular beta would just be like all the information is mushed together in a composite form. Right. And then the machine tries to interpret sending it back out in those component signals. Why do we use RGB for TV and not CMYK? It's pigment versus light. Is yeah. It? Yeah. Okay. It's the, three color, the three primary colors of light are red, green, and blue. Three primary colors of pigment are blue, red, and yellow. Well, cyan, magenta, cyan, magenta, cyan, magenta, magenta yellow. and yellow. Yeah. Cyan, magenta, and yellow. And black, of course. Interesting. You have to have your own black. K is black. Why is K black? I never knew that. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. What are you, racist? K can be whatever. <laughs> K people. Maybe, uh, maybe K's from Detroit. My, that was my Jeff impersonation. Thank you. The other cool thing about uh, about those digital tapes is a 30-second tape is like $500. Yeah, that's the difference. Yeah. yeah. Buying a videotape that lasts 60 minutes somehow costs $500. But all those, you know, all those tapes are like 30 years old at this point. They're all, that's antiquated stuff. 
What is that huge hum that just started? Is that my, your... my computer just kicked in. That's your computer doing that? I, I, don't, I don't know. It's coming from that side of the room. There's nothing else over the computer's there. computer's needy. I want you to pay attention to it. Yeah, we've got to figure out why. It might, you... be, might be the UPS, actually. I just got a new UPS. If that UPS is doing that, you've got to replace that thing. Okay. It, it does it all the time. All right. And now we're to complete the podcast sucks. <laughs> Before it was great. Now it sucks. I know. Um, I'll, quick community thing. If you're watching the uh, – if you're on the website and um, you notice the sponsor ads, we're tr- trying to tweak the sponsor ad settings so that people see more sponsor ads and see them more evenly because the system we were using before had a thing where sponsor ads were like – there was a specific quantity, and they would go out and like. So some people would see a ton of them, and some people wouldn't see any at all. So we're trying to equalize that. So if you have any feedback on that, if you're seeing a good amount of those, let us know. Or if you're not seeing any any at all, let us know. Did you guys see that uh, Friendster has adopted the <laughs> user ads? Yes, I did. Yeah, you have to pay for theirs though. Right, that like is correct. Like they're like like add and give us. Friendster bucks or whatever they use. Friendster bucks. It's like stripper bucks. I just imagine that they have like you know. know, I think Friendsters worked their way down to the barter system at this point. They're like, we'll take anything. If you have like an old couch, we'll take that. (laughs) Whatever. We're not. We're not on Facebook. We get it. You can eat that sandwich. But how big is Friendster? They still have a ton of people on there, right? They have a ton of accounts that people made at one point. I think. I think that's what MySpace is reaching that level too. Of yeah, I guess we we we. But you know, it seems like a lot of like Friendster, you could see was going you're like not US anymore. Like all the accounts like mm-hmm. it was as it was waning and MySpace was shooting up, like all their accounts seemed to be from Asia and just like you go to Japan now, is Friendster the cool one and you know Facebook. There's a map nobody, where they show Facebook. The primary social media site in that country. There's a map that somebody made. Oh really? Based on the majority of users and I think in Europe Bebo is one that's very very big. Yeah, we were we were in Amsterdam. Bebo, b e b o dot com. We uh when we were in Amsterdam, we were talking to some of the the kids there about Facebook, and they didn't they I don't think most of them had heard of Facebook. They all use Bebo. What's with? I'm trying to plug it's in my laptop. Matt's it's last podcast sliding. You don't have to bring your entire desk with you every time you do the podcast. <laughs> Matt's moving in. <laughs> Matt'll be taking a shower later during the podcast oh, gross. and taking us with him. We went through in Austin a week ago. A horrendous heat wave. We're about to do it again. Yeah. Are we really? Yeah. Worst, uh, hottest June ever recorded. And we and, broke a record for power Austin. usage, too, which that's not a good thing. Yeah, those two go hand in hand, right? Yeah, I would assume so. I just looked in, like, the next five days are over 100, starting tomorrow. Well, the good <laughs> news for us going into this heat wave versus the last heat wave is that our AC broke during the last heat <sighs> wave. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy comes out and looks at it and says, yeah, we're going to have to replace the whole unit. It'll be eight grand. So I said, oh, my God, I don't want to pay eight grand for, you know, we rent the space that we're in now, but when you rent commercial space, especially downtown, you're responsible for things like HVAC. And so we were going to have to replace it at our own cost for our landlord. So I called out somebody else just for the hell of it to see, like, let's get a different estimate on this and see how much it's going to be. The second dude came out, worked for two hours with a garden hose and fixed the AC, and now it's freezing in here. Apparently it was dirty. (laughs) He sprayed some water in our AC Cleaned out the muck and saved us eight grand. The first guys were like, okay, we got to test the structural integrity of the roof and we got to figure out where we're going to put a crane and we'll probably need to come in after hours or on weekends because you guys are downtown and do all this. Some guys like, where do you have a, like, a spigot for some water? <laughs> Runs a garden hose and fixes everything. And he fixed our hot water too in our bathroom sink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty embarrassing. Our, 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 our hot water in our sink in the bathroom has always suffered from like a little trickle. Yeah. And that's it. And I thought that it was a safety device. I would complain about it saying, <laughs> why do they put these safety devices? We're not going to burn ourselves because you'd run it and it would run for like two <laughs> seconds at high pressure and then like go to a trickle. And, and then he's down there working on it and because we were trying to hook the hose up to our sink somehow. And he goes, you don't have hot water up here. And I said, oh, we do, but it's got this safety mechanism in it, blah, blah, blah. And while he, I'm saying this to him, he turns a knob under the sink and all of a sudden the hot water comes out. I go, or, <laughs> or maybe it's that. <laughs> he threw that in for free. Yeah. This guy was like a water genius. <laughs> maybe he could, we should send him a video from the sewer pipe, yeah. see if he can figure out what that is. Scientists are stumps and they'll be like, that's Phil. <laughs> I know him. Do we have to jump off at the conference call now? They're going to call us. So oh, okay. we don't even have to do that goofy call-in thing. So when, when you guys hear the phone ring, You'll know that means we're doing something important. Should we let them participate in the call? Just everybody just hang out and be cool. Everybody just say pound. Well, now the cool thing is that we have now someone who answers our phone for us, which is something we should have gotten probably three years ago. That's true. And we have a a new hire who works here who goes by the name of And that seemed to, like, coincide with a number of prank calls. 
we get simultaneously. We did get a high number of prank calls last night. I'm that almost was... wondering if he is telling his friends to prank call the office so they can have more work to do. Yeah, that got pretty bad. I mean, we usually do a fairly good job of avoiding prank calls, but th- last night was pretty bad. Yeah, well, that was cra- it was a crazy day. Yeah, it was right after you left, it got... Oh, it got worse? It was just, I left? We didn't answer the phone, so it was just like ring, ring, ring. Probably rang for like an hour straight of them calling back and calling back and calling back. But if you're listening to the podcast, thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, we really appreciate that. Yeah. You guys are nice guys. That's nothing better than having to stop work to deal with that. Yeah. So, so, I'm sorry that episode of Rivers of Blue won't be out this week, but we had to talk about butt sex with you. <laughs> <laughs> See, my, my problem is, too, I always want to, like, joke along for the first 30 seconds, and that's just a bad idea. Well, yeah, it's just like, it's, it's just it encourages them. Yeah. yeah. It's me having fun. Yes. Gus and Joel are together in Orlando working on a commercial right now. <laughs> Gus and Joel are traveling together. Are they staying? Please tell me they're staying in the same hotel. Man, room. I really hope they are. Are they in the same hotel I room? That, I really I don't, hope they are. I don't think there's any way Gus would or let that happen. I hope they got one of the, like two rooms that are next to each other and has has the door that goes through. You know, because I know Gus would want to keep that door locked, and Joel probably found a way to like get through and like, hey, Gus, let's be buddies and go through each other's door. <laughs> I can just imagine if you can an episode of The Odd Couple. With no dialogue for 30 minutes. <laughs> That's the level of awkward that that room would be. Of just like, uh, Joel like knocking things over on the dresser. And Gus just staring at him. I can't imagine what that's like. Every once in a while you hear Joel go, and then Gus goes, This commercial too. It's the side grouch. Apparently, you know, we were talking about the digibetas and antiquated equipment earlier. Yeah. Apparently they're using some antiquated equipment. That's why I brought it up. I didn't want to get specific about it. Yeah, I'm let's, afraid not be, let's not be specific at all. But they have to do that for some reason. And I, I keep getting, like, you know, these little messages from Gus that are just, like, angry Gus. You know? Because he's, he's in there dealing with this stuff, and I think. Joel's probably not making it easier on him. Oh, venting, venting is a very big part of the process where you run into things. And I everyone vents. I vent probably more than anybody else. Uh, yes, you do. Because I do more work. But <laughs> I, when I come up against things, I'll, Wait, I'll, what was the second part I'll, of that? I'll walk out into the other room to actually go vent, and then I'll come back in. I think lately what I've said the most is, you know what I hate about Mac? Oh, Mac. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like, I like things in general, but here's what I particularly hate about it at this one moment. And uh, I'll vent, and then I'll just come back in. I don't expect anybody to solve my problem or anything like that. Unless when Gus comes back, I'm going to talk to him about this Ethernet thing. Get to yeah. that in a second. Yeah. Joel's mo is Joel will come in and tell you why what he's doing is extremely hard, and then he'll finish as though he's asking a question, but he doesn't want any kind of response. He doesn't want a solution of any kind. Kind of like it's kind of like being married. That's, that's to Joel. Kind of, that's a it chick, is. Kind that's of, a yeah. chick move, actually, it, isn't it? Yeah. And he just wants you to – I don't know what he wants. Does he want me to say, it's t- oh, what you're doing is so hard? It's, I, yes. I, I sympathize. I sympathize. Yeah. I have feelings. Let's read Twilight chapter by chapter. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you think through the course of the four days those guys are in Orlando together, they had more than ten lines of conversation? I'm just hoping they both come no. back. <laughs> you know? I, you know, we could say get rid of one of them, I yeah. think. Maybe not both of them. Maybe some kind of hybrid will come back. <laughs> How long have we been here? In this it, room? Oh, no, like forever. That's an important call. call. All right, well, should I pause this? And the conference call is maybe it's, seven minutes late. <laughs> maybe it's a conference prank call. <laughs> Let's combine great. the two. Hi, we're calling from uh, Los Angeles. Do you guys want to have butt sex? <laughs> Hello? Oh, Matt's on the call. Hi, it's Matt. Okay. Best conference call ever? Wow, that was an awesome conference call. It was only uh, 11 and a half minutes. I, uh... As far as conference calls go, that's a good sign. That's a great, I take that's back everything negative you guys said about conference calls. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel bad. I feel guilty now for making fun of a conference call, and then it treats me so well. It's killing me with kindness, conference call. <laughs> okay, while we're making fun of things, let's make fun of Gus. Yeah, let's make fun of Gus. You want to talk about how our fucking ports don't work? Let's talk about that. That's a great topic to uh, talk about. <laughs> how long have we been in this building? Seven years. We've been in this building for seven years. Actually, closer to two and a half, I would say. You might want to check your calendar. Split the difference. Oh, okay. I it's was two, on, and uh, two and a half. Two and a half years. We've been, in this, we've been here two and a half years. Mm-hmm. How long did Gus have dedicated himself to being here? Uh, you mean before, oh, before we moved in? Before we moved in? He had like three months. Exactly right. Yeah. And there was two things that were critical, which was to get all the network up and running. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then also remember the circuit breakers was an issue that we wanted to split that stuff. Also, I was hoping he was going to do something about the Wendy's smell that was left in here. <laughs> That didn't happen. Our office used to be the upstairs of a Wendy's. 
many moons ago. I bet you guys didn't even know that Wendy's had upstairs. You know, who knew? Yeah. Who knew? If like half this place was bathrooms when we moved in. Did you ever eat at that Wendy's? <laughs> no. I ate here once, and, and I, I sat upstairs. Really? Because really? it's like, why the fuck would a would Wendy's have an upstairs? I gotta go check it out. Was anyone else upstairs? Yeah, yeah. This was like late 90s, I think. Mid to late 90s. Oh, so it was A long happening. time ago. Because you know how people like to eat upstairs in the late 90s. Yeah. It's Wendy's it upstairs. 90s style. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy's upstairs sounds like one of those things on the list of dirty sex moves. <laughs> I gave her a Wendy's upstairs. <laughs> I, I challenge any of you listening to this to come up with what that is and email it to Gus at roosterteeth.com. <laughs> That's G-U-S at roosterteeth.com. But there were times when we were working in the office at the end of season five, the Buda office, yeah. and Gus was like, I'm sorry, I can't be here. I have to go to the new office for hours or days at a time. Yes. And what what did we get for that? I'll tell you what we got for that. <laughs> what were you answer? We got him out of the office. We the got old, Gus, the old office. We got eyebrows out of the office. And then we moved in here and we have at every desk, there's four Ethernet ports or more. Which sure. you would think would be enough. You would absolutely think that would be if, enough. And this is a big if. All four of them worked. For some reason, Gus decided not to hook up all the Ethernet ports. And he's never explained why. But when you want one, you have to go to him and ask him, can you please set up my Ethernet ports at my desk? He'll come over, look at it, and go, I can do that. And then he goes and sets it up in two seconds. But now we have a dead port in here. Gus is out of town and we can't use it. Not, yeah. o- not only that, but our ports, we only get like half the use that like a normal operation would get because all of our computers now use two ports. Right. We have two ports per computer. So you have four ports. No, you really only have two because like a, a computer needs two of those ports just to have our normal network set up, which is an abnormal network setup. Which I have to say is very cool. It, it is, is very, very cool. cool that we can do it, but it's like one less port. So if you need your laptop – or an Xbox or something else on that, you know, you're, you've already been cut down. So there's like really, you know, there's really two ports. Yeah. And then those aren't set up. So you have like half of one port. And there seems to be no rhyme or reason to it, too. Like you and I tried to hook it up to port number three under my desk yesterday. Doesn't work. One, two, and four are active. Right. Why not three? Why, Why not three? one, two, and four active? Yeah. Because no one's ever asked to have three set up. There's what something is, amiss. What does Gus have uh, against the number three? I think he's hiding something. I think perhaps where, we don't. Where is he hiding it? Like he's <laughs> running these other ports somewhere else and making money on the side. <laughs> explain why. It's like some kind of a port redirect scheme. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's selling internet to the coffee shop downstairs. But he did go off to Orlando, which is nice, because sometimes these business trips will get a little ridiculous. Yeah, that's true. I'm hoping they go to uh, Disney World and get one of those gigantic Rice Krispie treats in the shape of Mickey's head. Do you remember when we went to Jay I do. It was like the ears were chocolate and the rest yeah. of it was – Oh, yeah. it was so good. It was enormous. I can't imagine how much I love the idea of Joel and Gus going to Disneyland together. Or Disney World, excuse me. I would I would pay for those vacation photos. <laughs> they dress up like pirates. <laughs> That'd be awesome. The photo, the photo of them standing next to Mickey Mouse would be the most amazing thing ever. Speaking so, of pirates – Speaking of pirates. Oh, shit. Speaking of pirates. The Pirate Bay this week didn't shut down. No. Didn't go to jail. Nope. They sold their company for $8 million to another software gaming company. Some kind of Swedish gaming network site. Yeah. And now they've just sold their company off. Even though they were just basically found guilty and are being thrown in jail and fined $4 million, they then get to sell that company to somebody else for eight million dollars, what the hell? That's basically that's, insane. That's basically insane, it's right? It's pretty insane. You know what they what they did buy though with that eight million dollars or seven point eight million dollars, I think to be exact. They bought the entire user base from everybody that's had an account and uh, stolen shit illegally on Pirate Bay. That's absolutely assume, right. Right? That's absolutely right. Do you have to have an account to be on Pirate I Bay? I think you do. I think you have a username and a password for thing, right? At the very least, they have the IP records. Yeah. There you go. You know, <laughs> and I read a post too where the the main dude from the pirate bay says, "We have never kept logs of this stuff. We don't keep logs. Your your you know your confidentiality has always been very important to us, and will continue to be so." It's like, yes, Un- unless we can make a lot of money. Yeah, before. yeah. So was you not selling out? That was another thing too. You guys not selling the site, and you guys supposedly giving everything away for free and being the champions of anti copyright. Yeah. This stuff shouldn't cost money. It should be free. So we're going to give it to you for free until we sell our, to a company that's going to start charging you. Exactly right. And the, the, the switch – it was like flipping a switch on these guys because they were like, oh, we're doing this, like putting up all their legal letters and making all these you – know, like flying in the face of all that. 
they're like, oh, take us to court. We dare you. Somebody takes him to court. Finally, you know, the first person that takes him to court beats him, and then they're instantly like, okay, that's it. We're we in order to maintain this site and have the site continue, we have to convert to a profit model. It's like, I mean, it was they're talking like a corporation instantaneously. Yep. You know, the um, nobody ever talks about this because nobody seems to care, but. The industry most affected by piracy has got to be the porn industry. I would think so, yeah. Right? I mean, and nobody cares about that at all. Actually, actually, probably right off the bat, photographers have been affected more than anybody else because nobody thinks twice about trading images or yeah. post reposting images. I mean, if you if you mention that well, is this image copyright, people are like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, I saw like uh, like somebody's images for sale. Like they had taken some taken some HDR images and they were going Jesus. selling them. I'm on so their, sick of that. Are you website? sick of HDR yet? I could go either way. God. But anyway, the, the, I was like seeing this, and it's like, how is this guy going to sell these images? Because like, these are all over Flickr, and you can just download them in front of yourself or whatever, like you know, or have they have all those services where you can just you like, can print from the website, here, yeah, print, yeah, print from the website. It's like no, nobody's going to buy the prints, you know? Yeah, it's just like it doesn't happen anymore. It's like that technology is like just past that market segment by. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, those are people true. who made a lot of money for a long time doing that stuff. Yeah. You made a living in college doing that stuff. I did, not a good living. Yeah. Thus moving on to the crazy to giving away videos <laughs> instead of giving away pictures. <laughs> the crazy thing about the porn thing is that you never hear the porn industry as a whole complain either, like you hear the movie industry or the music industry. No, you know what, though? They don't grouse. Like, at the beginning of a movie, how, I mean, how many of us have seen this where you go to watch a movie, you go to watch, like, Transformers, and there's a dude, there's, like, a carpenter talking to you, and he's like, I work eight months out of the year, I bust my ass making sets for movies, yeah. and I just lost my job because of piracy. Like, you never see at the beginning of a porno movie, not that I've ever seen a porn, or ever would, because I'm happily married, <laughs> but you never see, like, a chick with, like, two dicks in her hand going... I suck dicks 11 months out of the year. But thanks to piracy, now I can only suck one dick. And my daughter can't go to private school. Wouldn't you have to double up on the dicks? You know, now I've got to do the, yeah. like, gangbang 50 to, yeah, to make ends like, meet. Yeah, like it's a, I have to fuck 12 dudes to get paid what I used to get paid for fucking two. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just a function of the fact that... Carpenter's one of the dudes, <laughs> You know, porn doesn't have very high budgets. Like, people aren't getting paid $20 million, you know what I mean? No. You know... There are a lot of people who make money. Who's calling now? We have another conference call? Oh, that's oh, somebody no. calling me on iChat, and I have to cancel it. But there's a lot of people who make a lot of money on um, movies, like gaffers and you know, best boys and people. Really, Focus pullers. And, yeah. How much of a percentage of a budget do you think, salary-wise? What's that breakdown for people, the above-the-line people, as they're called, and the below-the-line people? I mean, there might be... Well, that, that's the thing. is like when you see those, you know, sappy, don't pirate... You know commercials before the movie with the carpenter saying, "I can't get a job because they, that's not the way it works." No. That guy's salary is not going to move one penny. It's union. Whether or not it's set, yeah. Whether whether or not the pirating happens, the studio might lose a few bucks here or there. Right. You know that guy's not going to make any more or less money. You know I'm sure that they're trying to con him into thinking he's going to make more or less money, but I guarantee you, if piracy went away today, the studios aren't going to go. You know what? Let's pay that carpenter some more money. Right, he deserves some more money because we're not being pirated from anymore. Right, it's the same thing with video games too. Is is I, I hate video game piracy. I really do because I I see people who work so hard at it. And it's, it's kind of, in my opinion, a fledgling industry still. They're they're growing, and they haven't quite established. Like people work really long hours making these video games. I mean, super long hours. And there's I'm starting to hear more and more stuff about royalties making their way down to people who work on the games. Yeah. Um, you know, but for the well, let's and let's large part, it's a salary job with right. A, ridiculously long hours. Yeah, yeah I let, me, just... let me qualify what I was saying before in that piracy is, is wrong. And the fact that the carpenter's salary is not going to change doesn't make the piracy better. Absolutely. You know? But you're it's just talking still, about the reality. It's that it. the reality of it is like this guy in, in a sense is being exploited. You know, having to go out and say like, you know, piracy is affecting me personally when it's really it's not affecting him personally. It's upper management studio decisions that are affecting him personally. If piracy ended tomorrow for software and for movies, would there be any illusion that they would lower the price of either? That is a great question. I don't know. That's, that's always the big argument they make, I think, with, with PC, you know, and, and games, you know, stuff, software and games. But I don't know about movies. I don't think movies would change. But what will happen, I think, is the PC gaming industry to me is right at the heart of the piracy issue because – you have to have a high-end PC to run the game. That's the qualification. Right. Like, you don't have to have an internet connection to go see a movie in a movie theater. 
So 100% of your audience can't really convert to piracy. You know, they might buy something off the street, but it's unlikely. But people with high-end computers have connections to the internet and high-speed connections usually. There are much higher probability of being exposed to piracy and participating in piracy. And you can see the effect it's having on PC gaming. Mm-hmm. I don't well, think I don't think there will be shelf PC games within the next two or three years. I really don't. Everything yeah. will be subscription based. Everything will be like Steam. Yeah, or WoW. Or wow. Yeah. 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 Wow. I mean I think people will just move more and more towards that. And we're seeing it. I mean, how how often does a PC title really come out? You know, that's a that's a really high end decent one. The guys who made Crisis said that ninety percent of the people playing on their multi multiplayer servers were playing on pirated copies. And who knows, you know, people always make the argument of, well, if I didn't if I wouldn't have purchased this anyway, if I hadn't pirated it, I think that argument goes right out the door the moment you play the game. Dude, if you, especially if you're playing on a server that they've got to maintain. Yeah. You know, it costs them a lot of money to maintain and run those servers. Right. If you play the game for like more than two seconds, you know, to look at it or whatever, then that's done. You yeah. Know, you're playing the game. You can't say I wouldn't have played it because you're clearly playing. You're playing it. Yeah. Yeah. And this is becoming a major source of entertainment too. Another thing that people don't ever talk about with piracy issues. This is a global thing. Like we talk about the pirate bay being in Sweden and all that. This is an American industry, by and large. Yeah. Movies pi- oh, and games. Oh, the entertainment industry. Yeah, the entertainment industry. It's like one of the major industries that we have left. It's becoming like our, it's going to be our national export pretty soon, right? Pretty yeah. soon, yeah. yeah. And we do it well. I mean, I think I think America does it really well. I mean, maybe because Hollywood has pushed you know Western storytelling out to the world, and now the games are following it, and yeah. music as well. But you know, Michael Jackson just died. American artist. Globally, this guy was huge. You know. And so when we hear about other people pirating in other countries, it seems to be this, like, especially on the internet, like this rah-rah attitude about that. It's like, yeah, it's, it's like, this is your, you know, your this major little, industry yeah. in your country. You know what I mean? There's no patriotic feeling at all of, like, that you could, you might end up in this industry yourself one day. Especially people who like to play games, they might end up in, in gaming as well, you know? And it's just, it's interesting. Like, we don't go through and pillage other people's industries, you know? Yeah. And, no. By and large. And if we did, the American government would probably put the kibosh on it. Speaking of which, you hear you read that China banned gold farming. I saw that. Yeah, made it gold illegal to gold wow. farm. You know what really? gold farming is in Wow? Yeah, in Wow, where they have like sweatshops where people just you yeah. know go and like gather resources in MMOs and then sell them online. That's in China. In China. Hmm. And there, there's a huge problem with that in, in South Korea as well. Yeah, from what I understand, right? I think, isn't South Korea still the most internet connected and I think the most online game playing? Country like per capita, I believe so. I believe so. And this is where you always hear the stories of you know the guys who play for twenty five <laughs> hours straight and fall over dead. And they have they have like StarCraft in that country is a sport, a national sport, and yeah. they will have televised events of people playing StarCraft against each other. Speaking of South Korea though, and so, and StarCraft, did you read that Blizzard has removed land play from StarCraft two? There will be no land play. Why? I I don't know. I don't know what the rationale behind it is. Gus said it's probably because people tend to cheat on LAN. But mm. if you're in the room with the person, who's cheating with? Who who you get together with that will cheat? That's really bizarre. Yeah. Especially considering how competitive StarCraft is in other countries. I, I you know, Blizzard's a smart company. I guess they have a, a good reason to do it. <laughs> you know what? That's a good point. Why even argue, right? They're yeah. probably making the right decision. Yeah. You know? If there's a right de- decision to be made in the video game industry, Blizzard's making it. Yeah, probably <laughs> so. Probably so. And then while we were doing the last podcast... We saw that Bethesda bought id, or Bethesda's parent company, who I've never heard Z- of. Zenimax. Zenimax. Never N- heard of that. Never heard of Zenimax. It's on your Fallout 3 loadout screen every time. Uh, which I have now noticed, <laughs> since I saw the press release, I've now noticed is Zenimax. That is not a brand I was familiar with in any way. Were you? No, not at all. I mean, what's your favorite Zenimax game? <laughs> I think it's Fallout 3. <laughs> it sounds like some dude like like Cinemax, you know, was trying to like cop, uh, you know, like ride on the coattails of Cinemax. And maybe people think they were making like racy games or something like that. You know, it's <laughs> starring Shannon Tweed and the dude from Greatest American <laughs> Hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, this is a total tangent, but I learned something from you the other day. You were at my house. We were filming uh, the Devil Box scene, and my wife has this old Victrola. Uh, hand crank radio phonograph phonograph thing that she's got for a play she's designing and uh, you told me that Motorola started as a knockoff brand of Victrola that is correct sort of sort of they they started as a company that made mobile record players that is correct which is why Victrola was the big brand everybody knew it was like one of those brand names that becomes synonymous with the product like Band-Aid or Kleenex and yeah, yeah, and then, so they they made they made record players that you put in your car. Sure, because I mean they didn't have tapes or nope. other, you know any other like form of 
I mean, I think they only had AM radio at the time. If that, in a car. Yeah. They might not have, no, they might not have any radio at so all. Like the music you listen, to, you, you listen to in your car is on a record, which seems preposterous, you know? Which is why you need you a can, specialized product to do it. You need a specialized product. And it's, so the Moda and the motor, I should say, and the, the Rola from Victrola. Right. You know, they, were, they wanted people to think of their product as they instantly know what it was, and people were saying Victrola as being this you know, phonograph. And your, so, your motor vehicle, and you have a Victrola. Here's a mobile version of it. And now we think of Motorola as being the cell phone mobile company. That's, that's where the name came from. Still fucking around. Somewhere like Herman Victrola wakes up every day and fucking curses the Motorola Corporation. Dumb. Or his great-great-grandkid. Motherfuckers. Yeah. Stole my industry. <laughs> exactly right. It's weird how that stuff gets buried in history, That was going to be RCA, though, wasn't it? What's Did that? Victrola become RCA and then RCA merged into something else? I have no idea. Yeah. I think so. I still have Reginald Victrola. I think your point's still valid. <laughs> Herman. <laughs> he didn't change his name. It's, it's Herman. It was Herman RCA. Kodachrome just got shelved. It's gone. That's sad. Where I grew up, I was born in Rochester, New York. The two major companies in Rochester, New York. Xerox? No, IBM. No, you're right. Xerox? Xerox. And Kodak. And Kodak. Right? You think about two companies that could possibly be hurt by the digital revolution. Man. Xerox and Kodak. I mean. I was born in Detroit. So. (laughs) (laughs) Where else can America, you know, those are like two, that's that's just devastating, right? I mean, like, to have those two (laughs) industries, that's the whole town. But have you been back to Rochester? I have been back to Rochester. And what do people there do for employment now? Honestly, what does uh, anyone in America things. do now? You know, they Porn. work. They we work that earlier. <laughs> they, they're all gaffers they're <laughs> on all a Ben gaffers. Affleck movie. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, they just they work in stores. We're about to go through another revolution where retail stores are going to start closing by the dozens. Yeah, but although we shouldn't predict this so soon because that's what everyone was predicting in the first internet bubble. Yeah, but I've heard estimates like, as much as 50%. Everything was closing. Webvan was going to deliver all your groceries, and there weren't going to be any grocery stores anymore. You know. How did that, pro- how did that product fail? How did Webvan fail? People couldn't afford it. I could afford I could afford not to go to the grocery store. I would find a way to afford not going to the grocery store. Did I you, hate going to the grocery store. Because you go to the wrong grocery store, dude. I go to the grocery store next to UT. So my grocery store, they call it Club H-E-B. Because it's just hot chicks all day and all night long. Going to the grocery store is an event. Like, you dress up. <laughs> you want to look good. Yeah, but then I would feel bad about buying the stuff that I buy. Like my, you know, Fig Newtons that I dip in peanut butter and stuff like that. <laughs> Do you ever get self-conscious about what's in your cart at no, all? No, no. Really? Like if you had we to buy buy, like we don't buy the same stuff you buy. Like, yeah. <laughs> like when you have to buy like butt medicine or something like that, and you like bury that. Even when I, you know, I had babies, you know, and I, I would, I would buy diapers. You know, I just like somehow the diapers I just, embarrassed you. What yeah. size are you buying? <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I look at it like this: if some hot chick sees me walking around with diapers, she knows I got laid. <laughs> <laughs> or you're trying I'm to. I'm potent. <laughs> hey kids, I got diapers in my car. <laughs> Horrible. You know, I, I don't know whether I feel more self-conscious about buying garbage food or bo- by about buying healthier food. Because then it looks like I'm trying too hard, you know? Like, yeah. oh, look, you've got chicken breast and yogurt and cottage cheese. Like, who the fuck are you kidding, buddy? <laughs> Just started yesterday, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. It's funny because one time, one time I did buy, like, I, you know, I bought cottage cheese and yogurt and, and chicken breasts, And the woman checking out my stuff, she says, she says, uh, oh, you're going on a diet, huh? I was like... <laughs> Fucking bitch. So I said to her, I said, I said, actually, I've already, I've been on a diet. I've lost a bunch of weight. She goes, really? How much? I go, when I started, I was 500 pounds. <laughs> she was like, really? So I went from being like fatty who needs to lose weight to being like this unbelievably fit dude all you're of like a sudden. The, you're the next Jared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. They had, they had to, the first time I came to the grocery store, I was in a, came in on a crane. I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know if you remember that day. He used to swing me in. <laughs> had to pull a wall out to, to bring me into the grocery store. All right, what else should we talk about? Anything oh, else? Oh, God, let's uh, let's see. What else is there to talk about in the world? You guys cover all the celebrity deaths before I get in here? No, we didn't. Oh, shit, we haven't. Well, let's talk about people who died. I thought, you know, there's, you can't think of three more different celebrities to die. In one of, although, I, t- I take that back, because if you start with Michael Jackson, you can't think of any other celebrity who's similar to Michael Jackson. But it still seems like the three that we had are both the, the three that are very iconic you know, the here's Johnny and the Farrah Fawcett poster from forever. And, you know, she was white, not white that glove. old. She was too young to die. Yeah. Because she was, she, she, went many, to, she went to UT. Did you know that? Yeah. Do you know how many of those posters they sold? I can't imagine. 20 million. 
20 million wow. of those Farrah Fawcett posters. Were Are you there. kidding me? That's before yeah. Walmart, too. That, that's a lot of jerking off. <laughs> so, <laughs> I wonder, I I wonder if she it. made any money from that, because she didn't seem like... Super rich or anything? No, she didn't seem like it. She she was doing like Comedy Central roasts at the end of her life there, which made the poster money wasn't keeping up. You'd think that so. we would have gone through like a retro kind of revival with those as I well. wonder if we will now, if they'll start cropping up. No, like, do, would you imagine that? I don't know. I'm Dude. not going to put a, a dead woman up. I mean, that's not Dude, right now. The other on Saturday, Gus showed me this. We looked at the most sold albums on Amazon, like their top twenty-five list. That's different. It is a little different. But Michael Jackson was the first sixteen albums. Yeah, he was one nuts. through sixteen, and then he was like four more out of the top twenty-five. It was fucking nuts. Yeah, it's, it's totally believable. Yeah, totally believable. Although I can't name, I can't name sixteen Michael Jackson albums. Oh gosh, no, he doesn't can have. You? I mean, it's all. I can't three. But he had like a bunch of albums that like nobody bought. He right. had, yeah. he had, I can name him because I just read a thing. It was Off the Wall Thriller, uh, Bad. Um, <laughs> You're, I'm done. Off the wall I'm thriller out and Bad. Those are the ones everybody yeah. knows, right? In, then he had one called uh, Invincible. I would argue most people don't know Bad. And he had one called... Really? People really? Bad. It was, was, second, it was his be- second best-selling album. It sold it's like, like mi- 20 million copies. I remember that being in middle school and the Who's Bad. Wasn't that the one with Wesley Snipes? Yeah. Yes. In the video? You know what I got depressed about? I learned that the smooth criminal lean that they do where they lean forward... Oh, tell me that's fake. It's fake. It is? Yeah. Oh, man. Completely that's fake. Sucked, You're ruining my childhood yet again. Michael Jackson had a patent on a pair of shoes that had a wedge in them, like a grooved wedge, and he would slide, for stage performances, slide the shoes into pegs, so, and they would hold his feet still so he could do that, like would lock them in place like skis almost. And the article specifically said that they got the patent for the shoes so they could do it during live performances because they couldn't replicate the wire and harnesses they had in the video. Which made it seem even worse to me. Yeah. It's like, why even do that if it's in, a, in a video if you're not... Yeah, it was weird. Who do you think was farther outside their popularity when they died? Elvis or Michael Jackson? Well, Elvis had, had that comeback tour mm-hmm. not too long before he died, right? So right. he was probably... He was not in his prime, certainly, but people, I think people, he was still... And he didn't have the legal know. troubles that Michael Jackson had. Do you, right. Do you have any idea how old Elvis was when he died? No. no I think he was in his 40s. I don't think, yeah. he, I don't think he got up to 50. I gotta say Michael Jackson was further away then. Right. I think he was. Yeah, I don't know. I read a really interesting article the other day, and it was about we all have to just recognize the fact that at some point, whether it's 20 years from now or 30 years from now or a year from now, uh-huh. that Star Wars is going to be rebooted, and they're going to remake Star Wars. Lucas well, will have to die. I'm, I keep wondering, especially after having seen the Netflix I just saw, is if Frank Darabont is going to do the 789, which, is, which was talked about for a long time. Right. I don't know if that was just like a... You know, the no. Wars conspiracy thing, but I, I, I've heard that. You guys have heard this. No, I remember well, reading right? an article have... that, like, Lucas said he doesn't want anything to do with it, but he trusted uh, Spielberg and Durabont if they wanted it. They, they could do it. Yeah. You know, we were looking at the box office totals of the day. Right. And we were looking at the top uh, grossing directors. Right. And Lucas was at number four, right? Right. And we saw in there number of movies, six. Well, what I forgot when we were looking at that, those aren't six Star Wars movies. He only directed four Star Wars movies. The other two are American Graffiti and uh, THX. Oh. So he's in the top three or top four. He, he was number highest, four. Highest grossing, number four, highest grossing directors with only having made six movies, two of which weren't Star Wars movies. That's a really because good point. Because Empire Strikes Back was Irvin Kirshner, right? Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? And number six was Richard Markand. Really? I, 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 the only one I knew was... Uh, Kirshner directing uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. That's the only one I knew. That's really interesting. And who, who, pretty, are, the, who are the top amazed, guys? The Spiel, it, it Spielberg was Spielberg and Zemeckis. It was Spiel, Spielberg was number one. Zemeckis was number two. Michael Bay was number three. Nope. Or no, was it? Ron Howard. Ron Howard. Ron I'm Howard. sorry. Ron Howard was number three. Lucas was number four. And then I think it might have been Bay. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. But I was really surprised to see that George Lucas was behind Ron Howard, of all people. And Zemeckis. You know? Yeah. What's Ron Howard's biggest movie? I would say Cocoon, or he's had so many movies that were in that middle like level of success, range. like just barely hit 100 million, or like 80 to 120. He did a lot of porn that got pirated. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't make a lot of money. Zemeckis' biggest one was he, he, probably was Forrest Gump, the, right? The da Vinci Code has to be. Uh, I would I guess so. Ron Howard's got Da Vinci Code, and then it seems like he's worked with Tom Hanks more than once. Oh, speaking of Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg, did you see they're making a sequel to Band of Brothers? Another miniseries on HBO? No. Yeah. In the Pacific. That's going to be incredible. It's got to be a different cast completely, right? Oh, it's, oh yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah. Pacific Theater. 
What are you looking it was, at? It, this is an interesting tie-in. Ron Howard, you know, on IMDb, it, it credits you with one movie that you're most well-known for, and Ron Howard is American Graffiti. Oh. Which I, I don't ever think about him being yeah. American Graffiti. I don't think about him being an actor at all. Well, let's see. Let's see if we can pick out what his Ron Howard's biggest movie is. Uh, producer Splash was pretty big, right? A League of Their Own. Far and Away was not a big hit. <laughs> you know, Willow was not a big hit either. Oof. There's know. George Lucas in the mix again. Yeah, Willow was a. I thought Willow was a great trailer. I was really excited about <laughs> it. It was. But man, that movie was. That just... was one of those trailers that's like. The trailer and the movie just don't match up at all. But if you look at Willow, if you look back now, what Willow was, with the dude with the skull face and all that, it was basically Star Wars meets Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And like a fantasy Star Wars, but very obviously Lord of the Rings influence. What is it in that genre? I, I feel like I remember at the time thinking, this is a bad He-Man knockoff. It was bad. weird. It's like He-Man is just like, seems like a knockoff of other things too, right? Yeah. Do you guys remember that Lucas put Willow in Star Wars? He was in the Senate in episode yeah, two. Right. He was in Java. He was all over the place. Yeah. He was hanging out with e. a young Greedo, too. Also, right? Wasn't E.T. in the, the Senate? A lot of people were. Yeah, the E.T.'s were. And Chewbacca. And the the Wookiees were in there. Backstreet Boys. The Backstreet Boys, <laughs> the Backstreet Boys were Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah, yeah. There does seem to be, too, like this recalibration of someone's life after they die. Did you ever read any Orson Scott card books? Uh, like, uh, I've read, yeah. I've I read two of the big What'd you read? Series. I read Ender's Game, and I read... The, the direct sequel to Ender's Game? Speaker for the Dead. Yes. Okay. That's a really interesting concept to me, the Speaker for the Dead, which is when someone dies, someone stands up and tells the story of their life. Honestly. Doesn't sugarcoat it. Doesn't sugarcoat it. This is the way the person was, and that your 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 successes are part of your life, but so are your failures and your faults as well. I it's just, part, part of being human. I just want you guys to know I don't want that. By the way, I want you guys to make me sound awesome if I go before you do. But you kind of do. You kind of do want that. And here's why you want that. Because Michael Jackson, two weeks ago, every article about him would have been front cover, what a friggin' weirdo, what a loser, what, what, a, what a maniac. And then he dies, and, it's, and, and he's the greatest guy he's on the planet. Yeah. But Michael Jackson died a weirdo. Like, that's what he thought the world thought about him. That it was that he was a wacko weirdo. I mean, he's a wacko. That's what they called him, wacko jacko. And... You know, the moment he dies, then everyone comes out. If this guy, if you love this guy, tell him that while he's alive, you know? Mm-hmm. Don't tell him that when he, you know, don't celebrate him after he's dead. You know, take the time to celebrate his life while he's still alive. It just, it's just, it's, it's kind of sad in a way to me, you know? It's, it's, it, in a way, you almost do hope he's still alive and he gets to read, like, all the positive things that people say about him. And even forgive him of all of his faults. Of, like, he had a hard life, he was a child star. You know, I just, it just seems in, disingenuous that now that they're dead, now we speak so highly of them, where we just beat them with abuse, you know, and, and all these insults while they're still alive. David Lynch, if you're listening, I love you. There you go, brother. There you go. I That's really, how you do really it. I really, really do. Great example. We talked about this. I talked with you, Matt, about this, so I'll ask you, Jeff. What is arguably the best rock band in history, the best pop rock band globally known that everyone in the world has been touched by this band? The Beatles. Okay. Great answer. Who is the least talented of the Beatles, and who will be? Who who do you think is there because it doesn't deserve to be there? Paul. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't know that any Ringo catches a lot of shit, right? But I don't know that he's not talented. John Lennon had a great Ringo quote, which is a reporter asked him. Apparently, Ringo stormed off of a rehearsal or something like that. Uh-huh. And a reporter asked him, um, "Do you think that Ringo is the best rock drummer in the world?" And John's reply was. Ringo's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> but Ringo Ringo is probably the guy who gets the least amount of credit for the Beatles sure. out of all of them. Like, had the least influence over the success of the band. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Okay. Who's going to die last? Oh, definitely Ringo. Definitely Ringo. Paul is looking old. He's having a horribly stressful life. Ringo doesn't seem bothered by anything. Lost half his money. Yeah, Ringo's, <laughs> Ringo's got another 20, 30 years on him. Probably. So then what's going to happen here if we look the way we treat people and celebrities when they die... Ringo's going to die, and then it's going to be the end of the Beatles. Like, all people will say is how influential Ringo was, you know, and it'll all, like, he'll inherit all of that, basically. Yeah, that's a does. really good point, because he'll, he'll be the last Beatle. Right, know? it'll be the end of the Beatles, and here's what they did, and everything will be like, wow, and, you know, you know, Ringo was this amazing talent. Nobody's saying that today, you know what I mean? Nobody's yeah. doing that stuff today. Everybody's making fun of Ringo and, you know, playing caveman at a midnight screening, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. And it's just like Ringo will be the last Beatle, yeah. you know, and he'll be the end of the, the, the Beatles era, essentially. 
<laughs> what are you doing over there? I think we're done. So Why are you playing with a knife? I you know I just yeah, you know it's... idle hands. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we have uh, we're have episode four recreation coming out this Monday. A new short coming out on Friday. Hopefully, probably late on Friday. Our short uh, our short schedule, man, is getting a little. Bit, it's getting crunched crunched harder and harder every week. Last week we did a a twenty hour day on Friday, and that was pretty brutal. Matt took a script. That I had, which was two guys talking in the office and then a payoff with the box joke. Matt took it. We were already under tight time frame. He added two locations and an actress. Yeah, and four pages. <laughs> and four pages. Right. So it's like all of a sudden now. Sorry. It, you know. Well, I'm probably not going to do that this week. No, that was awesome. I mean, you were the guy who was here till Friday night at 1 a.m. So. Yeah, I saw you I was posted at like 2 a.m. or something. It was fucking nuts. No. I know. Somebody, and somebody responded. Hey, why'd you guys post this so late? You should just wait and post it tomorrow. I'm like, I posted it for you. What is this? Such a stupid comment, too. It's, it's, do they think it's like television? Like, people are going to miss it? There's not enough people awake at 2 a.m. to see it? It's like, you know, it's very critical that first hour of any internet video. (laughs) That's when it really gets its legs. (laughs) The make or break. All right, let's stop this. All right. Thank you for listening to the Rooster Podcast. Join us next week when Gus returns to defend himself. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's the one thing to learn in this office is never leave town. Exactly right. <laughs> Ta-ta. Bye, Bye. everybody.